Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. doing daniel ruiz tyson is available for monday the 19th of april 2021 with me daniel ruiz tyson episode three two one i hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going it's 11 55 hours here in london it's a it's a warm day a bright day blue skies i feel like maybe i'm entering that period of spring now where i've got past my usual negative feelings at the start of spring i always struggle with spring at the start that that seasonal adjustment is never easy for me whereas i'm fine with the winter but uh, i appear to maybe have turned a corner at the moment so um that's good had to, um, if you listened to last week's um, episode 320 that was out on Thursday, I had to go out and get a test in the morning in the park, surge testing in the borough and various other boroughs now in London. Haven't heard too much about it in the last couple of days. Got my results within 12 hours negative, so that was good. I had considered just not going and getting tested just because of the queues, but on Thursday... I think it was Thursday. It might have been Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. I can't remember. I'd gone to the post office and um, I scoped the park, found the two testing centres, jumped in the queue for the NHS one. The queues weren't too long. Uh, had my test and that was it. I think it's going to be um, probably the way of things for all of us now. And uh Hopefully this time next year, if we are still having to do this stuff, and I imagine we will, hopefully my swabbing technique will be much better. I'm using clean feed again. I'm also back in the recording up using Audacity. I still can't quite get my levels right. It's really frustrating. With clean feed, you need to get into the yellow. I wasn't too impressed with last week's levels in terms of the amount of post-production I had to do. See, that's really loud then if I do that I get a bit bassy and let's just move the bottom equalizer let's see what that does I don't know I'm trying to go for that sort of Darth Vader type bassy voice is it James Earl Jones who played or who did the voice the Vader voice anyway let's uh, get away from the riffing so a decent some decent weather today good result for me uh, yesterday in terms of uh, it's my dad's cousin's birthday this week I think it's on Wednesday, and uh, my card never got to her last year, so making more of an effort this year, albeit with uh, some very cheeky recycled first-class stamps. I always uh, study an envelope when I get it, and uh, if the stamps look like they can be used again, well, they can be used again. That's how I'm living. And uh, they were glued down with some unconvincing Poundland Pritt stick, and I'm not massively convinced by that uh, Brit stick. 
Anyway, I always forget the address, so I had to get in touch with my sibling. And this year I'd actually forgotten, I'd even forgotten the name of the road. I knew it was one of three or four roads, but I couldn't remember which. No, I knew it was one of, one of two roads. It's down Battersea Way. Anyway, the card's there. I'm going to post it out uh, later. The thing is, I don't like to spend too much money on cards. You know, 50p really is the limit, and I can get a 50p birthday card. Universal birthday card does the job regardless of sex from the Sainsbury's Nine Elms Monster, but I'm not going to be able to get there today. And lo and behold, yesterday I was just rummaging around in the cupboards and found a birthday card, and it's quite a masculine-looking birthday card. It's got aeroplanes, it's very blue, and it's clearly, uh, you know, it's clearly a guy's card or a young boy's card. But, you know, and, and I think really her being the generation that she is, she's going to say, well, that's a very masculine card. But, you know, that's what I'm sending. And uh, I've stuck a note in there as well. So hopefully the note and the effort I've gone to with a note will override the fact that I've sent her a, a, a boy's card. And, uh, you know, I don't mind spending money on a gift. No problem with that. You know, but cards, greeting cards, I'm just not a not a big one for greeting cards. Still playing with these levels. I move my microphone arm as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm just so unhappy with some of this stuff. And I'm toying with having to buy an interface to try and sort out my levels. You know, it's... I feel like maybe a year from now I might be happy. I might have found levels that work. But right now they don't. The problem with clean feed is I have to look at whether I'm going into the yellow, make sure I'm not going into the red when I'm recording, but I want to see a bit more yellow and I'm not really seeing as much yellow. That's down, I'm playing with that. It's about the only thing I do play with these days. Fnaf, fnaf. Okay, uh, let's crack on with the um, with the show, episode uh, 321. So I've got the, uh, t- uh, what was I keep thinking Ted Rogers when I say that. Been for a run this morning. And uh, just three tops. The arms still felt a little bit cold. Um, Sun cream on the face, the neck, the arms. You know, I don't like holidays, particularly beach holidays, but I do like the smell of sun cream because it reminds me of when I did like holidays. So although I am running low on sun cream right now, but uh, yeah, I don't take any chances on on a bright day. And you are, of course, meant to be using sun cream as well through the winter. We know that much now, and I do sometimes. But when I run, I do tend to use uh, sun cream. So I had a good run this morning, although, you know, satisfying rather than enjoyable. I've rearranged my day today. It was good to get out this morning when it's a bit quieter. I had a bad night's sleep last night, more of which later. I had a good run on Friday evening too. I was still, and well, I am still struggling on the climbs, but I'm making sure that I hit six and a half K right now. And although it's uncomfortable, I'll, I'll take that right now, the way I'm feeling. And Friday's six K set me up for sloth Saturday. Tried having a, a cat nap again this Saturday, uh, late morning, impossible DIY enthusiast neighbor was hammering away again for the second consecutive Saturday and I'd actually woken up feeling a little rough on Saturday morning so it was a day spent sucking on lozenges and halls which I do think 
I'm going to get some more today. I really do like them, and I justify my regular use of halls now. I, I tell myself, okay, well, I'm not unwell, but they do seem to clear my nasal passages a bit, so, you know, maybe this is a good thing. You know, when I lie down, I can get bunged up, and I think it's related to the tinnitus. Well, that is what the GP said, but at the moment, I'm a long way away from getting the uh, tinnitus addressed. Down a couple of Nurofen then on Saturday. Come yesterday, I was feeling uh, much better. Um, the run this morning, I I did okay. I did okay. It, it's the hills. It's my right knee was playing up. I feel like I feel the, the, the things that make it difficult in the winter, i.e., you know, running on the grass and it's really muddy it becomes a different kind of problem obviously in the spring and summer because that ground gets hard but there are paths that I try to use when I'm running but of course you've got pedestrians on those paths and right now um, understandably there is some hostility towards joggers even in parks and I've got the buffer which I just pull up over my face as well when I'm running through a narrow path around the uh, adventure playground. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that I'm now up in my average and I'm back up to six and a half K as the average. I'm a long way away from the 10 and 12 Ks of uh, last year, unfortunately. But um, given where I was a couple of months ago, I can't complain too much. I just wish it was all uh, a little bit easier. Friday morning, I visited my aunt and uncle. All these Spanish glossy mags were off the uh, kitchen table. No doubt my aunt had forbidden my uncle from flicking through them while I was there, but it looks like they'd reached a compromise on the radio. This time my uncle was allowed to have the radio on. He had LBC on. And uh, we were listening to the news every half hour and uh, his interpretation of the news is interesting. On the midday news on Friday, there was a report on another dreadful shooting spree in the States, I think this time in Indian Indianapolis. I knew I was going to trip up over that. Indianapolis. And uh, my uncle, being a big news guy, decided to give me the origins of Indianapolis. You hear that? He said, Napoli. So... And he was continuing to explain this to me. So it's not Napoli in Italy, but Napoli in America. And it's called Napoli because it's full of Neapolitans. So they named it after Napoli when the Neapolitans went over to the States. Napoli. Conveniently ignoring the first part of that name, Indian or India. Annapolis. So there was no point in putting him right on that. This is a man who maintains, of course, that IDV still show the Champions League final. This is a man who has somehow agreed with medical staff in the last couple of weeks after they questioned him that his wife has dementia when she doesn't. This is a man who almost a decade ago uh, came close to missing a vital operation because despite being informed by the hospital he needed surgery, it just didn't register with him. He was going about his normal everyday business the day before the op. We're told, where's your uncle? He's meant to be in hospital. Tell him if he doesn't have this operation, he might lose a leg. How can you not be aware of this? So with all that in mind, there was no point in debating the Indianapolis 
interpretation. My aunt, meantime, she wants to go to the cafe on Friday. She feels that we need to try and engage with this lockdown easing. I think she's right, but it does all feel so weird. And uh, I keep going back to, you know, right from the start, I've said it'll be difficult not to get the virus. And I was always curious in a sporty kind of way how I might be able to deal with the virus physically if I had it. And in a way, it's good to know that I was able to deal with it physically. But seeing how I felt since the virus, particularly when running, I am of the mind that I wouldn't want to get it again in case there's even more long-term damage. Because right now, it doesn't feel like I'm going to be getting any better. But I'm certainly interested in going to the cafe I I really want to go there but you know you're going to be sitting outside it's going to be people smoking and I've been looking through well I spent yesterday looking through all my notes over the years on the cafe you know I'm I'm trying to um, snap out of this creative inertia I'm trying to remind myself I'm a writer rather than an audio guy first and foremost although I just seem to spend all my time recording stuff I want to get back to the writing and I've got all my notes for 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 a book that I never quite finished that I'm thinking might be one of two big projects this year and just looking through all the notes because I was looking for a specific note which I'll come to in a minute and I know roughly when I made that note but more of that in a moment and just seeing all my notes on the cafe over the last few years so much stuff on the hand washing even or the lack of hand washing in the cafe even going into 2018 2019 and I'm reading all those notes and I'm thinking if only the world knew what was coming especially SW8 and of course hopefully now these guys the regulars the cafe regulars those who have survived hopefully they will be hand washing now but are those guys really going to go from never washing their hands to finally washing their hands and full for the uh, you know full 20 seconds i doubt it very unlikely and one note i came across i do remember talking about it on this show and i think it was um, around late 2017 and it was a proposal i put together for for a, a hand washing alarm system so on the other side of those swing saloon doors if a regular emerge from the loos without washing their hands there would be a hand washing alarm system that would go off and let the cafe know that that person hadn't washed their hands I would imagine that there would have just been a permanent ringing in the cafe because I don't think those regulars would have um, you know would have cared too much really and the note that I was looking for is a note that I want to use as the prologue to this book because the book isn't that far from being finished. It would need a new draft, but in terms of the material, it's all there. But I'm looking for a note for something that happened some years after I'd finished the final draft. Well, what was the final draft of that book? And I know roughly when I made that note, it was in the winter of 2017 stroke 2018. And I can't find the note. Now, I remember roughly what the note would be. So I'm able to Re, you know recreate that note from scratch but I, I I don't understand why I can't find that note and yesterday I looked through every single notebook from that period and on my PC for any notes from that period and I just can't find it and um, it's frustrating but I'm done with the looking now I've just got to get on and do the work I, I think it's going to be very difficult for me to get back into the writing 
just uh, you know listening to people what they're talking about creative people mirrors my own experience that in the first uh, five six months of the pandemic you were almost um you responded to that and in quite a creative way and i did but then it's tailed off the longer this thing has gone on and uh, i'm concerned about that and i'm trying to address it and i hope that you know i don't just want to be doing I don't just want to be limited to to podcasting and doing the football stuff, which I'm finding very difficult and very time consuming. And obviously last week wasn't great with that. The the problems that I mentioned on the Patreon show, the issues with one particular guest. So um, I think for me, key to feeling better, the key to, to getting out of this, to snapping out of this inertia is to find a project to engage with. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 321. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607WestEgg, Facebook.com forward slash DRT available. All the work can be found at DanielRuizTyson.com. There are PayPal and Coffee.com links on that site and underneath each podcast. If you want to make a one-off donation to the show, either of those links will work and will be appreciated and will get you the latest Patreon bonus episode we transferred to you. Most importantly, the best way to support this work is via the Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. I appreciate that ongoing support from you Patreons. If you're not aware of it, there was a bonus Patreon episode uh, mentioned already on this show that was episode 320 and that came out on Thursday it's about uh, 45 50 minutes long and I just got some stuff off my chest that day so let's uh, let's move on with the show books uh, quite a bit of reading the last few days which is a good thing I might have mentioned I can't remember if I'd started it last week I don't think I had I finished A Necessary Evil, A Beer Mukherjee, book two of the Wyndham and Banerjee books set in India 1920. And in this particular one, uh, this is the book I, I read, I think, the last book first. It was just a speculative pickup in the library back in the autumn. If I'd known it was a series, if I'd done my homework, I would have read them in order. But, uh, you know, no harm done. Really enjoying the books. I've got one more to read. In this one, uh, they're with the Calcutta police. Uh, they have to investigate the dramatic assassination of a Maharaja's son. They go to this kingdom called Sambalpur, which is a, a place full of uh, diamond mines and a palace known as the Palace of the Sun. The Maharaja's eldest son is assassinated. The realm is riven with conflict. The prince who's assassinated I think was he had plans to bring his kingdom into the 20th century to to change things and uh, he survived by let me get my words together a younger brother who is now set to inherit the throne who's a bit of a feckless playboy and it's it's it's, it was a really good book I finished it yesterday I would say I mean there was a scene which was quite uh, quite gruesome that involved execution by elephant. And yes, you heard right. And I didn't know that was a thing. And I did some research on it. Well, just a couple of searches on DuckDuckGo. 
uh, and unfortunately it was a thing and there were even pictures on it and boy did I regret reading up on that I'm not sure uh, I'll go into it any further but uh, yeah it wasn't uh, it was a bit grim and to think that that was still going on in the early part of the uh, 20th century I finished that book and I'm now reading a non-fiction hardback don't like to spend too long with hardbacks I you know I love my paperbacks you know, I love a book getting creased and feeling like it's mine. You can't get that with a hardback. It seems like too much of an event. I'm reading Jack the Ripper, The Forgotten Victims by Paul Begg and John Bennett. Paul Begg, along with Tom Westcott, now that Martin Fido has passed away, they're probably my two favourite authors on the Whitechapel murders. And I agree that it is the fascination with this thing, and I am fascinated with that period. It is a little ghoulish but what I like about it is so many things changed of you know on the back of these awful murders you know it shone a light on the east end and the mess that it was in you know a light that earlier that the authors such as Dickens had already been shining but this really did trigger a change albeit a slow change it was it's, it's just a very interesting time in history you know if that murderer had maybe been doing this 20 30 years later he probably would have been caught there wouldn't be this fascination but it's not just that it's the fact that the newspapers the circulation wars they were relatively new as well so there was so much going on in that period and you know you had all these philanthropists trying to improve the east end there was there were quite a few of them in the Whitechapel area, you know, trying to improve the lot of women. And I also like the fact that this book, it it goes into, I, I do know so much now about the canonical victims, the, the five women where there is universal agreement. I think apart from one, there is universal agreement, certainly on four, that they were all killed by the same hand. And I like the work that's been done in recent years to actually flesh out their stories, you know, so so we can understand a bit more about them and what led them to their unfortunate uh, situations that they were in at the time their their lives came uh, to an end and they are tragic situations I like the fact also that it's looking at women who were killed who weren't whose murders weren't subsequently linked to the ripper but at the time was thought that they might have been uh, killed by the same guy and learning about these women and also the Thames Torso murders which were going on at the same time again that killer was never caught and those murders went on for even longer and one of them I think one of the torsos turned up at the London School for the Blind which I think is on or was on Kennington Road and is now the location of the Cinema Museum if I remember rightly and, you know, you had torsos washing up in Pimlico and Battersea because of the tides. It, it's fascinating. The Whitehall mystery for me is just, it is so strange. The fact that a, a torso was found when New Scotland Yard was being built. New Scotland Yard was built on the site of an opera house that ran into financial problems and the opera house was never built. It was knocked down, but what wasn't knocked down was right in the basement all these warrens have been created to link the opera house the the mooted opera house to um the house of commons for instance the idea being that mps could 
uh, if they wanted to listen to some music after being tired from a debate, they could just walk through these warrens and make their way uh, towards the National Opera House. And also there were warrens created to help the police get their bodies out quicker onto the streets. There was uh, a warren that led to a particular station, I think, on the district line as well. It was all very, very clever. And the fact that a body was dumped there was just incredible. Absolutely incredible, the sheer audacity of that person. And also the fact that they also dumped one in Whitechapel, which makes you think, you know, at the time of the Ripper murders, I think that's the Pynchon Street torso, and it makes you think, what was going on there? Were they trying to let whoever was killing all these women in Whitechapel know that they wanted some of that limelight encroaching on their territory? Very, very strange. Anyway, um, this book, as, as I say, most researchers agree that it's five individuals, the five canonical victims. And though, though they say this remains the case, they are shining a light on other contemporary murders from that time that bore a resemblance to the gruesome Ripper slayings and also focus on curious incidents where guys who'd been reading up at the time following these stories in the papers in 1888 one guy who ended up killing the woman and he was hung he ended up killing the woman because he just got caught up in the whole ripper murders so the impact on many people at that time you know there was a there was a woman i think in whitechapel around october who committed suicide because she was so distressed by the reports that she was reading. It, it was just, it was extraordinary. I suppose it is a little ghoulish. I wouldn't dispute that. But it's also everything that goes around with that period. You know, the fact that Sherlock Holmes, I think, had just debuted the year before. And, uh, you know, all these great writers in London at the time, Henry James, Oscar Wilde, you know, Dickens has been and gone. Wilkie Collins, I think, had passed away by then. But it's a brilliant period in literature, it's a fascinating period in terms of, you know, scientific inventions. It's You've got the whole Victorian fascination, the romanticizing of death. You've got the cemeteries that are being built up and emerging. And uh, actually, one thing that I, well, two things that I read, I think I was listening to something on Highgate. And in the early days of Highgate, the cemetery, a lot of the coffins were lead. So there was no way for the gas from the bodies, the rotting bodies, to escape. So in the end, they started incorporating pipes into the lead coffins. And apparently, you know, so this pipe would poke out through the ground. And apparently you could actually light the pipe and, and heat yourself up, warm yourself up by that graveside. Also, I didn't know this, that when a body is cremated, the one part of the body that will not burn is the navel. How strange is that? Maybe you should do the same now. I'm actually, as I'm telling you this, I'm rubbing my navel. And I'm thinking, well, I'm probably looking at a cremation. I'm touching this thing. I'm rubbing it. And I'm thinking, this thing is going to outlive me. This thing is still going to be knocking around in a couple of hundred years when this show is finally discovered. I wonder where this navel will be. How interesting is that? 
So this uh, Ripper book looks at a dozen, up to a dozen female victims that were were attacked during the years of the Whitechapel murders. It looks at their terrible stories. Some of them survived. Some of them, unfortunately, didn't. And it looks at the gangs of Whitechapel from that time, the public panic inspired by the crimes and, you know, fueled by the reporters of the day, medical practices of the day, police procedures, competency, and the probable existence of other serial killers. And it also looks at crimes that were initially attributed to the Ripper in other parts of the UK, and also, you know, in New York, the West Indies, even Nicaragua. And um, I've lost my thread now. I've lost my thread. Oh, that was it. There were many imitations, imitation killings in that period, and I think they were known, if I remember rightly, as Ragged Jacks. I first heard that when I was about 17, the first time I got into the Whitechapel murders. There we go, police siren. The sound of South London. Lockdown haircut uh, imminent, another self-haircut. This time I'm going to have to buy some hair scissors because I think I'm going to have to cut into the bouffant uh, significantly and I think I'm going to have to go shorter again because this thing is now just looking rubbish. That's something for me to bear in mind. I've also probably got to get a new electric shaver as well given that just before Christmas when everything was going all very weird, I actually ended up... um, You'll remember this, maybe. I I was shaving with that electric shaver and ran it under the tap as if it was a as if I was having a wet shave, as if it was an old school razor. Very, very strange. Wrecked a good uh, electric trimmer there. Let me give you my nectar points update. Just gonna switch the light on for this. Um okay, this this is um be interesting to see what the sound is like today because I have messed around with the levels. And a couple of weeks ago, I was more up on the sound. I've been watching uh, some videos, and if I I haven't watched that video now for a couple of weeks, and I just forget everything, even though I've made notes. Now I can't even find my notes. So I'd, my previous points balance was 219 iron. Uh, well, let me tell you what I bought last week. I think there was a yogurt. No, there was skimmed milk, six pints. I've actually, I've left myself with a lot to do. I've got finished a six pinter that needed to be finished yesterday. I'm on a four pinter now that needs to be finished by tomorrow. So I've given myself 48 hours to finish four pints. That's going to be, um, it's not going to be straightforward that, um, I don't even know what this is. Baking pots. Oh, baking potatoes. A bag of four for 45p. Bought some lemon juice, washing up liquid. Um, Tin of uh, mixed beans, chilli, some antibacterial wipes, some more long life milk, some fabric conditioner. Gentle. I think that was it. That came to £6.55. Six points earned. My new points balance is 225. That's worth £1.12. Friday's trip to Lidl, the Stockwell branch is where in the last year I've, you know, I've often seen, I've been happy to note their COVID survival, the cafe regulars, and I've recognised them masked up. And I think, okay, they, they've survived. That's good to know. And given that I can recognise them, I wonder if they can recognise me. 
I hope not. On Friday, I saw early Jim Rosenthal, who would always uh, smile like an early Jim Rosenthal in his uh, Rosenthal even on his early uh, appearances in the early 80s on the big match. Early Jim Rosenthal was masked up. He was with his wife. I kept out of the way. I didn't want any awkward exchange. You know, I haven't been to the cafe for 13 months now. When I do finally show up, if it's with my um, aunt this week, you know, we're all going to be looking at each other, maybe thinking he survived. But look at the state of him. Look at the bloody state of him. Uh, You know, I wouldn't want to see some recognition, some some sort of troubled acknowledgement in the eyes of a regular when they lay their eyes on me. By the way, and this is something I put a call out on Twitter, I'll check again. I've had one response. Um, I was thinking yesterday of the things that I've missed during the pandemic and not, not so much missed, but a notable absence because of the lockdowns for me has been urinals. Urinal, 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 urinal. I'm going to go with urinals. I've, I've kind of missed them. I haven't used one for 13 months now. If I do go to the cafe, I certainly won't be using the loose. But I don't know about male listeners, but if you're chained to the man or if you have somewhere that was your go-to watering hole stroke cafe, chances are you would have used urinals on a regular basis. And right now I'm thinking about how many things have to happen before the urinal re-enters my life. And I can't see when it does. I really can't. I don't think it's going to be straightforward. And I suppose I do miss urinals. You know, that moment where you burst in, you relieve yourself, and then with your with your bladder free, you get a second wind and you think, you know, I might stay at that toilet table for another coffee and get another hour's writing in. I'm missing that. I'm missing that moment from my life and I did ask on Twitter and uh, Facebook today what unusual things do you miss whose absence is down to the pandemic hashtag I miss email your answers into DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk or you can tweet them at 1607 westegg or post them at facebook.com forward slash DRT available I I thought uh, I figured it was time to introduce another disastrous show feature and uh, Nick MB rescued the feature's debut today. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Nick tweeted, I miss prepackaged supermarket sandwiches and I don't even like them. See, that's interesting. It, it can be something that you don't like, but you miss it. You miss it because it was a regular part of your life. And I'm just going to have a quick look on Twitter here to see if there's another one. There isn't another one here. So uh, thank you, Nick. I'm going to have a quick look at the Facebook page now. Highly unlikely. I've had a missed call from my aunt today. I've tried calling her back. I'm seeing her later, but uh, she's not picking up. Okay, no, that's it. It's uh, it's Nick who's um, who saved the feature this week. Maybe we'll have some more later this week. Uh, moving on, breakfast news. 43 appearances in 51 days for Toast. Now, the breakfast situation in my life is about as competitive as the newly proposed European Super League that has uh, shocked the world of football. Yesterday, talking of football, let's move on to uh, this week's Star Wars football updates. Quite a few games, I think, the last uh, week. The League Cup final 
Monday the 12th of April, after episode 319 went out, Hoth won their first trophy of the Silver Age, meaning that all eight teams have now won trophies in this new age of Star Wars football. It wasn't a great game against Alderaan, and a penalty early in the second half from Lando gave Hoth their first trophy of the new era, and they're having an incredible season right now. Uh, League fixtures, week 12, of the league, Death Star nil, Rebels three. Rebels, uh, sorry, Death Star now in free fall after leading the table for so long. They're now, I think, in sixth place. An absolute disastrous end to the season, though they do remain in the Champions League semi-finals. They've got uh, home tie with Endor this week, although C3PO, their talisman, is suspended. X-Wing, meanwhile, they have clawed their way from the bottom of the table. You know, they were bottom of the table going into Christmas Day. They beat Rebels 2-1 on Christmas Day. And since then, a remarkable turnaround. They've amassed more points than any other side. They're now on 17 points in the derby. They beat Alderaan 2-0 at X-Wing. A brilliant, brilliant uh few months now for X-Wing. Tatooine, meantime, two goals down at home to Bespin following their 3-0 collapse to Empire. Uh, last week and uh, they turned it around 3-2 and that took them where did that take them that took them temporarily back to the top as Hoth waited to play their own derby uh, derby game against Empire Bespin Luke set a new record that day for assists three assists from the Tatooine uh, skipper And uh, just hold that thought, because right away, not only was it equaled, it was actually bettered. Hoth absolutely spanked Empire 5-0. So in the space of two games, Hoth have improved their goal difference by nine goals. A team that was struggling to score goals. They've only conceded, I think, now one goal in 12 games. They're unbeaten in 15 games. It's a remarkable run. And what's remarkable about the team that beat Empire is that five of them, five of those who were involved on Saturday night, had featured in the first Silver Age season when Hoth were being regularly beaten. And it just shows that football, whether it's real football or Star Wars football, it's about confidence. So 5-0 Empire, remember, this was a first v second clash. Empire remain in third place. Let me give you the tables. Uh, Everyone's played 12 games. Hoth the top, 21 points, plus 12 goal difference. Tatooine a second, 20 points, plus two goal difference. So they know that they're unlikely to improve their goal difference. They're going to have to win this on points. Uh, Alderaan, by the way, they will have ended up, their final three games will have been against the three uh three yeah the three teams really in the running for the title Hoth, Tatooine and uh, X-Wing so they've got Tatooine next which is a tough one for Tatooine who um for whom Alderaan have been a bogey uh, bogey side the last uh, season i think they've met six times Tatooine haven't won a single game empire remaining third place 17 points plus 3 X-Wing and now in fourth place also on 17 points, minus four. So they've really hammered away at their what was a massive minus goal difference. Bespin, after their uh, defeat to Tatooine, they've conceded 16 goals this season. Remarkable, really. They're on 15 points, plus one goal difference. Death Star, also on 15 points. They're in sixth place, zero goal difference. Alderaan and Rebels, 
seventh and eight on 11 points. All drawn minus four. Goal difference. Rebels minus seven. Very exciting. All coming to a conclusion very soon. And that is it. That is the end of today's show, he said, on finishing on a hard swallow. If you've enjoyed the show and have yet to do so, do please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Certainly at least rate and review it on there. Reviews help other people find the podcast. It makes it more visible to other people. Now, unless you're like a possessive partner, and you may be, you may be a very jealous person and you want to keep this show to yourself, please, if you haven't already, do leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. You can find some of my work also at danielruiztizen.substack.com. Get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tizen, and this start of the week, I have been available. 